1: Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the podcast where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm sharing a conversation I recently had with Derek Coburn, the author of Networking is Not Working, his new book. I had the privilege of meeting Derek at Social Media Marketing World, and he actually refers to it as a productivity book that is hidden inside a networking book, and it's true. So... I think you'll find some really cool tips and tricks. But before I share that conversation, I want to say thank you to Boomerang for Gmail, for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. With Boomerang for Gmail, you can conquer your inbox, and you can get a free 60-day trial of Boomerang, the number one Gmail service that millions of users rely on to stay on top of all their emails. Boomerang adds its powerful functionality directly into the Gmail interface, so you just install Boomerang in your browser, open Gmail, and you're ready to start using email much more productively. Boomerang for Gmail lets you snooze your emails until you need them, track replies to your emails so you don't forget, schedule emails to be sent at any time, and it's available for Chrome, Firefox, Safari, and Android. Listeners of the Beyond the To Do List podcast can get a special offer to try Boomerang for 60 days. Go to slash to do for your free 60 day trial of Boomerang Professional again that's boomeranggmail.com/to-do for 60 days of free boomerang professional. Well this week I get to bring you Derek Coburn and let's see we met at Social Media Marketing World and so interestingly enough that event had so much time set aside for networking and that's what we're going to talk about. So welcome to the show Derek.
2: Hey Eric, thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
1: So yeah, you came up to me. Gosh, it was social media marketing world, an awesome event by Michael Stelzner. And uh, I mean, my impression of that was it was one of the best conferences I've ever been to. Uh, I think you'd probably say likewise. It was uh, it was very fun. And was
0: great.
1: Uh, what was what was uh, your your networking strategy when you were there? Why were you there anyway? Like because it doesn't really feel like. Social media marketing world fits in with what you're doing, other than the book.
2: Yeah, so I and it, and it really doesn't. I mean, I went last year because um, my my good friend Marcus Sheridan invited me to go, and uh, through Marcus, I met a number of really great people there, and uh, came back this year where obviously he was doing the the closing keynote. So. Right one of the one of the main reasons i was there was really to support him but also you know i just like meeting smart people and my approach to networking is always just you know how can i Add value for some of my existing clients or members or people in my network. I'm not going there looking to see what I can get out of it. I'm I'm going there to see, oh well, maybe I maybe I can introduce this person I know for this great podcast, or maybe I know someone in my world who could add value for uh, this author. So I'm really I'm not really focused on myself when I go to these events.
1: So it's almost like a a Kung Fu, like your, your water and it, you're, the networking passes through you. So somebody, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're connecting all these other people. You're not doing it for, I mean, it's a benefit to you, obviously. And and we'll touch on more, more of this later, but the fact that it, networking is, you know, best done without ulterior motives. Like if you're just going into it to get out of it, then you're going to get less out of it. Oh, absolutely. So and I think that's kind of where it ties into the whole productivity thing. It's it's, you know, you people want to get more out of their time. They want to milk their time, so to speak. They want to squeeze that hour and get the most out of it. And yet that kind of is almost I mean not that being being strategic and being productive is great when it comes to networking, but when you apply that I'm going to milk this for all its worth, you almost tend to go more towards the selfish side of it. Don't you think?
2: Yeah, and I think so. And I think that's why a lot of a lot of the people that you want to meet when you go to these events, they're not there because they show up over time and they uh, are approached by people that are really playing the what's in it for me game. And I think when you get to a certain point in your business where you 're successful and you have a number of great clients, you have less time to spend at networking events and and I think social media marketing world to your point is was different it 's great there's there 's a lot of people there that are are coming together for the same reason so it's it 's not like uh, a typical event where you have no idea what you're getting yourself into and uh, you know, why is this person here and what are they looking for? There's a common theme, which is pretty, which is pretty good. But, uh, but I think leading with, leading with yourself it, it, it a, it doesn't work. And the people that continue to do that uh, end up uh, making it really bad for the rest of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's kind of something I want to touch on in a bit. So let's, let's move backwards. Let's go back to the beginning, so to speak. And I'm I'm really interested. I mean, I met you fairly recently, and you struck me as a taller guy with a better beard and a you know <laughs> t- uh, with uh, hair on your head, unlike me. And so I was like, oh, here, this guy's this guy's where it's at. And uh, not to go into beard envy or anything, but uh,
2: you got a strong beard, Eric. True, I it's wouldn't true. sell yourself short.
1: Well, okay, so so my hair is on my chin, and yours is on your forehead, or. Yeah, <laughs> top of your head, I should say. That would be weird if your hair was on your forehead. Anyway, um, <laughs> but you, 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 uh, you came up to me and you expressed interest, at, or thank you said thank you for uh, doing this show, and you talked about you know the fact that you enjoy it, you get a lot out of it, you um, have ADD, which is which I do as well. I don't, I don't think I've ever shared that actually. Have I? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> um, you're, you're, it's kind of coming through right now, actually. And anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, I will, I'm interested in hearing more about your story, about your financial background and uh, creating Cadre and uh, your work with your wife. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit, and then let's move forward into what that background has brought to you and kind of why you decided that networking wasn't working.
2: No, definitely. So uh, going back, I I mean, I started in the wealth management business in 1998 right out of school and uh, was pretty successful out of the gate, especially by their metrics in terms of, you know, bringing on new clients and qualifying for trips and, uh, you know, going fast forwarding to 2008 we are we had just gotten married, and uh we're we're getting ready to have our our first kid and you know I was realizing I was staying awake until two three o'clock in the morning every night because I would have Twenty browsers open, I would get distracted very easily and the reality was I could accomplish a lot in fifteen minutes every day, and that sort of enabled me to uh, not be as productive or as organized as i as I could have been. so I went and I got checked out and uh, was diagnosed with really hardcore. ADD and started taking medication. And the third day I I was on medication, I was going to Florida for a wedding from, from DC. And for the first time ever, I sat still for three straight hours and read a book start to finish. And it was sort of like a like a very big wow moment for me, which then led me to write, you know, a 300 page systems manual and hire other people for my wealth management business. And I just got really organized to where I had this extra time. And, and that extra time is what led to the creation of cadre.
1: So, so what was, what was a typical plane trip like for you before that point? Would you avoid it altogether or were you just, you just couldn't sit still?
2: Yeah, I mean I I mean I would I had literally like 5 or 6 books open uh, open at once. I would read a few here, a few there. I might have pulled out on a plane, I might have pulled out Angry Birds or done some email. But by the time I graduated, I mean I had a f- like 400 on the verbal section of my SAT. I had read one book by the time I graduated college and I've literally in the last 5 years I've read over 500 books and I just wrote one. So it's pretty crazy to really think about how how much it was it was hurting me at least in that area of my life. Yeah,
1: I don't have it to that extent. I have it very to, and it's actually why I use productivity as kind of versus uh, any kind of a medical treatment because I found that at least at the time this was like ten years ago almost that uh, medication didn't really do it for me. It, the side effects were worse than the actual you know state of being I was in prior to taking them, and so it was like, all right, well, let's just get. Let's just get into GTD and let's figure this out. <laughs> and I did, and, and Inbox Zero, and all that. So, so that's where I went with it. So, so then, okay. So Cadre, you you're you're doing financial stuff. You're you're having breakthroughs productivity wise, and you're just you're hustling. So, what is Cadre?
2: So Cadre is uh, really what. Well, all right. I'll give you the, the higher end. So CADRE stands for Connecting Advocates, Deepening Relationships Exclusively. And right now we're in D.C. and Baltimore. We have over 100 CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs. We bring people together online offline, mostly offline for different formats, different types of events. And the thing that differentiates us from other professional organizations is we're vetting for some intangibles. We're vetting for quality and, yeah, are you successful and, and, and are you really good at what you do? But also, um, we're bringing together pay it forward people that really are passionate about and interested in uh, meeting others and learning how they can help them and add value for them as opposed to pushing their own stuff
1: gotcha. Okay. And that kind of then seems to be embodying what it was or or what it is you're you're talking about when you talk about unnetworking uh in the the book.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, so I started um in with my wealth management business before Cadre was ever even a, a thought or an idea. I had uh, I had built my own 20-person 20 to 25 person, I called it an un, you know, now an unnetworking group. And it was my, some of my better clients who own businesses. Some of their key uh, advisors and vendors, if you will, and then a few others that I went out and I handpicked, and I was hosting roundtable lunches and uh, wine tasting events, and and um, just had all these different ways of bringing people together. And it was not something I was charging for. It was just me really finding ways to. Um, do even more above and beyond what was expected of me as a financial advisor. And uh, and that worked well. And, and, and a lot of what I learned there is what is baked into Cadre right now.
1: And so when you first told me th- – well, when you first told me that uh, the book was called Networking is Not Working, the word nerd in me just jumped out and said, well, wait a second. Not working <laughs> could almost be one thing or another. And so – on one side it could be that it, it that the current state of networking and what we've been doing isn't working or it's not going to work anymore in terms of getting real networking done or that not that networking is not working in other words not it shouldn't be as hard of work as it
2: has been in in other words does that make sense definitely definitely and so and and you know I'm I I'm 100% I'm almost 100% stressing the working you know, – I'm not suggesting that it's fun. I'm not playing that angle. I'm, I'm more saying mm-hmm. I think the model is broken. I think the way most people approach networking and, um, and what, what they use to measure their success while networking is, is broken. And there are better ways to do things, especially from a productivity standpoint.
1: Okay. So it's almost like we're asking the wrong questions. We're aiming at the wrong goals when it comes to what we think of automatically when we hear the word networking. Is that right?
2: I think so. I mean, I think if you asked 20 people to define networking, you would get 20 different answers. And some people think it's all about how you find a new job or transition to a new career. Some people, which we've already touched on, unfortunately, think, think about networking as a way to get new clients. Uh, And then there's other people like us who view it as a way to develop Effective and and meaningful and, and mutually beneficial relationships with other professionals and you know one of the quotes I mentioned in the book from David Siteman Garland is that networking events are like nightclubs and that everyone's looking for a professional one night stand and by you know by comparison if you stick with the dating analogy if you were to read books for how to find you know the love of my life or how to find my soulmate those books don't begin. Uh, can you know, keep going to nightclubs and bars all the time. It's you know, go on double dates and leverage your friends and host dinner parties. And so I think that there's – the time that people are spending going to these larger networking events, I'm really trying to get them to think about it and ask themselves if it's a good use of their time. And if they agree that maybe it's not, I'm offering up some things that worked well for me as an alternative and, and a way that they can use that time perhaps more effectively.
1: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It, it, it When you talk about that, that whole nightclub effect or the, you know, just going out into groups of strangers and, and hitting on them, so to speak, it, it's like our business cards and our elevator pitches are like bad pickup lines almost.
2: Definitely. I mean, it's um, and, and it's just and it just makes again, it just makes the people that ideally the people that you want to meet um, are just, they don't, they don't tolerate it as much. And I, I even go as far as I don't, I'm not suggesting that people stop going to networking events in favor of cold calling, but I compare the two from a time standpoint, a time management standpoint in the book. And unlike with cold calling, which is how I built my career, you're getting this negative feedback all the time. People are hanging up on you and they're standing you up even when they do schedule meetings with you. But you could just go to networking events all day long and meet nice people and have nice conversations with them and and not really know that, Anything's wrong, and I think you go to just one or one or two networking events a week, and you're you're trading that in for maybe seven to eight weeks worth of of on time that you could be doing other things, uh, uh, you know, as as an alternative.
0: checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond this episode is brought to you by shopify Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm, I mean, I can see how people... They really think of it that way in terms of, you know, hey, I'm, I'm. So for example, like, 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 here's a metaphor that I thought of as I was reading this. It was, um, that for example, you you break up, you quote unquote break up or have a divorce with a previous position or job. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. then it's like all your friends are like, hey, get back out there. You gotta, hey, I know somebody that. I could set you up with and and that would be better like you said going out on on double dates or going out with groups of friends and that kind of an environment versus just going out into singles bars and thinking that's going to, you know, fix the situation.
2: Yep, 100%. And in fact, I mean the I use an acronym in the book for connector and and sort of giving You know, if people go through the entire thing, they they I show them how they can put it all together and form their own twenty-person group like like I did. But but it's also good standalone stuff in there, I think, for the right person who's reading it. But the T O R stands for Trigger Ongoing Reciprocation, and what I what I like to suggest is that even if you are adding a lot of value and you're doing a lot of things for a lot of people. No one's ever going to set aside a half hour for you and say, now I'm going to – Eric's been so good to me, I'm going to refer him a few people or I'm going to think about how I can uh, uh, make some good stuff happen for him. And I think that uh, it's on us a little bit to make sure that we're making it easy for the people that want to help us to be able to do just that
1: right so so, for example, if somebody were to say, "Hey, I need help networking, like you and at least one or two other people come to mind automatically, and it's because of our interactions previously and our ongoing um oh what's the word? connection and and because of that. I, you know, you as well as me and others become top of mind when, you know, I mean, that would be cool if somebody thinks productivity and suddenly my name comes to be top of mind and people refer. You know what I mean? Like, yep. And not in a, not in a like selfish way, but just in a, hey, I'm doing quality work and I'm doing it consistently. And the people that know about that, when somebody has a need that this fits, they just say, hey, check out Eric. You know what I mean?
2: yeah and to even take it a step further, because I think that that's that's sort of like the low hanging fruit right and after after um, after the uh, the podcast that i've done up to this point, and you may do this right because i won't find out until tomorrow, uh, but a number of them have sent an email to me saying, "Hey, if you know a few other people that would be ideal guests, and some are very specific and others are are very are, are very vague, uh, who, who would make a great guest for our show. Would you mind letting them know about it? Well, that's one way. And I might have a few people in mind that could potentially be a great guest, but that takes a lot of time and effort. I have to go to your website. I have to figure out how I want to frame the introduction and what I do often in my own, uh, in my own businesses and what, One other person did is they said, look, here is the three sentence blurb that I would love for you to just copy and paste or modify if you'd like and use it when introducing me to somebody else. Or here's the form. So I think that the more of the more of the work that we can do to make it easy for people that say like, yeah, I would love to make this introduction to you, but. But I, every time I sit down at my computer it 's like, "Gosh, now, what do I want to say, and how do I want to say it? Mm-hmm. Anything that we can do to make it easier for for our fans to help us out is is going to be a good thing for everyone
1: yeah totally that that makes a lot of sense i I, I tend to kind of move more towards the the organic side of things with that I like to you know I like to seek out my own guests I like to get the audience to tell me who it is that they like in fact here's a here's an open call to the listeners right now if there's somebody that you would like to hear me talk to about productivity just let me know go to beyondthetodolist.com and shoot me a little feedback there you go anyway nice and, and see what's <laughs> coo- and see the thing that I don't always like is when somebody says hey I should be a guest on your show and I still don't know how to fully deal with that yet I try to be polite and I try to say you know I, look I like to I like to bring a high quality show by making it people that I am truly interested in, you know what I mean? And so anyway, that that's not to say that not everybody that writes me isn't interesting. It's just not always as easy a gateway to, to walk into and figure out, okay, what's the angle here? How do I bring this to, how do I learn from this as well as my listeners? You know what I mean?
2: No, absolutely. So,
1: but uh, yeah, I I think that, uh, so you as a listener of the show, what are some of the places where productivity intersects into what you're talking about here in terms of networking?
2: Well, I, I, do, I would say that um, first and foremost, having two businesses, and with the book having just come out, it was almost like having a third business. Mm-hmm. One thing that's been very interesting is that the the, the ancillary benefit uh, of having multiple multiple things going on is that it allows me to stick to my guns in terms of who is an ideal client and who's a good fit for me in a way that I was never able to do prior to having two businesses. So for example, when it was just a wealth management business, if I got a referral to someone and you know they were asking quite a lot of questions about fees or just they were saying things or doing things where I'm like, you know, this this person is not going to be like an ideal fit, but what else do I have to do with my time? So I'm going to make an exception and I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. And I think those relationships are oftentimes the ones that really just suck the life and the time out of us. And and and, and me having a couple things going on is get, has given me the courage to be able to say, you know what? This is probably not a good fit, so uh, I'm going to call it before we even go down that that path together. <laughs>
1: That's interesting, so you're saying actually sometimes it's good to have an intuition or at least develop one in terms of who you shouldn't be networking with.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that that's, you know that's helped out definitely. I mean, as I was getting ready to to, rant, to launch the release or to, to launch my book, you know there were things that I, w- I just didn't have time to do everything leading up to to the to that day, and I started I started outsourcing stuff to my virtual assistants and and my uh, my in person assistant that I probably would not have outsourced or transitioned over to them had it not been for the fact that I just didn't have time to do it. And I had to dig deeper and I had to let, you know, give up control over things that it might've taken me another couple of months before I, before I actually did that. So to a certain extent, being busier helped me, uh, make calls and, and on, on, on those types of things maybe earlier in the process than I would have otherwise.
1: Right. So taking on that extra commitment, commitments even, forced you to have to make those hard decisions about where you were going to spend your time and you spending the time on the things that only you could do and letting others who could be delegated to do things that honestly you shouldn't have been doing at all.
2: Yeah, 100%. And that, the other thing that I'll mention also is, are you familiar with, a, with an app called Contactually? You know what? I, have, I feel like I've heard about this.
1: What, how does this work?
2: All right, so it does a lot of things really well. I'm actually starting to use it as my CRM, but the core functionality of it is that you're allowed to put people into buckets that you make up. And so you could call them clients, you could call them, uh, you know, influencers, you could call them prospective clients, and then assign a period of time that, okay, every 30 days, every 90 days, I want to make sure that we're in contact. And it will scan your email, just runs in the background, your email, your social networks. And, and if, that that period of time goes by without you making contact with this person, you'll get a reminder saying, Hey, it's been 30 days. So you might want to follow up with your, you know, one of your best clients.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I'll, I'll put that you said it's contactually.
2: Yeah. I'll send you i I'll send you the, the, the link for it, but you know, they have great template features and, and when I make introductions now, if I, if I introduce you to somebody and I have two sentences that I use to describe you and I introduce you to someone else, same thing for them. The next time I introduce you to someone else, all, all I have to do, I just have to do it manually the first time. It will remember that. It will automatically pre-populate an email with the subject line, you two should meet. Hey, Eric, you know, meet Dave. Dave is blah, 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 and vice versa, and it sends it out. So it makes it a lot easier to keep sending these, these introductions on an ongoing basis.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I like that. I like that. I'm gonna have to check that out. So uh, yeah, I'll put that I'll put the link to that in the show notes for this episode. It'll be beyond the to do list.com slash 70. And let's see. Well, so we're talking about technology. And I think that's one of the cool things for me. And I don't know about you. I'm I am more introverted than extroverted, but I can switch it on, so to speak. Um, I've, I've always said that the, the internet is kind of like my Iron Man suit. It lets me do so much more, but it's still, <laughs> it's still at the core me, Tony Stark, in the suit. So it's not disingenuous. It's just that uh, you know, introverts get their energy from, from being by themselves and recharging, where extroverts, it's the exact opposite. They, they charge by plugging into other people. Uh, where do you fall on the spectrum?
2: You know what's interesting is, is that I, the way you just described yourself is almost how I would describe, uh, how I would describe me, uh, me in that I, I really am – if you were to say, Derek, do you want to – next Friday night, would you rather go out to dinner with your wife and an, one or two other couples that you know really well and have dinner together or would you rather go to a big event with a room full of 100 people that you know? I would pick the former all day long uh, even though I, even though I can turn it on, uh, to use your words, you know, turn it on with the best of them and I enjoy it. But I, I think I've sort of fallen that, you know, ambivert category, Mm. you know, to borrow the term from Dan Pink's book. Nice. Yeah. I I
1: think so. So we were both at a networking event, like a large one with lots of people at it, at uh, social media marketing world. And, you know, so what's your strategy there when it's a large group of people? Do you kind of, you know, with that kind of approach. I know what mine was and and you know, I was also suffering jet lag. <laughs> so well, so were you actually. We we're on the same time zone and then we were over in, in 3 hours earlier. So, but what was uh what's your strategy when you go to a larger networking event? I know that I mean, you're not saying don't go to networking events because they kind of focus or or operate on networking 1.0, so to speak. Terms and some of the best of them actually operate on this unmarketing that you're talking about. But what was your strategy there?
2: You know, so like you mentioned, networking 1.0, which is where you're networking to benefit yourself immediately. Uh, Networking 2.0 is this idea where you're trying to benefit the person that you are meeting for the first time. And and I think it's obviously I'm a big fan of of paying it forward, but I also think it's it's kind of weird. Like if I'd come up to you. After after saying hey Eric Derek nice to meet you I'm a fan of your show hey tell me about your business and, and you know how I can identify a good referral for you that's kind of weird I think for you for me yeah. like why is he trying to do this and and so and I also think that you have a lot of the networking 1.0 crowd that read that have read articles and books that hey you should focus on the other person so that leads to maybe some um, less than authentic. Uh, 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 asks in that department when when people are are meeting you. So this idea of networking 3.0 is where you're really focused on benefiting other people in your net in in your world already. Your clients, uh, in my case, cadre members as well. Uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when after we met. I could have I could have easily said, "Hey, Eric, you know, you should have me on your show," or uh, made it more about me. But I remember as soon as I had an opportunity, I walked you over to Marcus Sheridan because I know that the two of you hadn't right. met yet, and I said because that's for me if, if it's a it's a, it's a way for me to add value for somebody that's already in my world without coming off to you like you know, hey, does this guy have a hidden agenda?
1: Yeah, totally, and I think that's the thing. I think that's the that's the hardest part, and I think it probably – I mean I think you'd probably just say it takes practice to move from the 1 to the 2 to the 3.0 version of this where, again, it's, it's almost like networking karma. That you aren't thinking about yourself at all and you're being a selfless networker and you're only giving but not in a forceful way but in a, a beneficial way that doesn't benefit you at all really – and then it comes back around, like the whole karma thing.
2: Yep, definitely. That's. I mean, that was just like a cool example of. And I, I think you guys connected it, but I knew Marcus yeah. liked you, and you hadn't had a chance to meet him yet. So that's just you know, it doesn't always work, but but you know, very rarely do I do I, will I say going to this networking event or this networking function was not a good experience because I'm always just, I'm never thinking about me and how it's going to benefit me. I'm thinking about the people in my world and how I can make some good things happen for them.
1: Yeah. And so even though we're not operating on the, the older rules, so to speak, we still can benefit by going in with this totally other mindset when we go to even these, these strange uh, you know, nightclub, so to speak, networking events, right?
2: Yeah, and I think you know, I think social media, Mark. You, I think anytime, time, like when we host events for Cadre, and we bring in, I mean, we 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 brought in some pretty big speakers. I mean, we had we had um, you know Dan Pink and Gary Vaynerchuk and Mark Echo, and coming up in June, we have uh, one with John Jansen, Ryan Holiday. You know, it's it, there's things that you can do if you're going to an event, if the event has really good speakers or really good content, then it makes it easier to justify spending an hour of your time going because even if you don't meet anyone that ended up being a good connection for you or that you were able to hit it off with, you could still end up saying, wow, I learned a ton and therefore it was a good use of my time. So I think in, in deciding do I want to go to this event or not, the more ways there are for you to be able to say it was successful in terms of was it a good use of my time, then the more the more you can justify going to, to that sort of thing.
1: It's funny that you put it like that because I've actually heard uh, – I've totally benefited and, and had what you just described happen to me. But I've also had it happen the opposite way and even had it be the opposite way for other people where they'll, they'll tell me about you know a conference that they go to regularly and it's not for the content whatsoever. It's because all of their people – their their tribe their their family so to speak um, are there in town and it's like a family reunion for them and then that's why they're there is to to meet up with those people face to face that they only know digitally on a daily basis through Twitter and social and and whatever so that is no, that's awesome yeah cool I mean, I've had yeah I mean because I've had that happen I've had that happen where it's like I've walked away you know maybe there was one session out of many that were. That was good or even great, but the rest were like, eh, it was all right. It wasn't really my thing, but man, I got to hang out with these awesome people. Would I go back? Yes, because they'll be there again, you know? Sure. So, and, and some of the best ones are like that, you know, the new media expos, the social media marketing world where you've got, where it is kind of almost like that family reunion where, cause so, cause I would go back to, uh, all of those because of the people and the content, for that matter, because uh, it's always awesome to have so much to choose from. So,
2: yeah, and I have one coming up. You know, last year was the first year a buddy of mine, Jason Geiner, hosted this event called Mastermind Talks in Toronto, and that one's coming back up. Or it's coming up in three or four weeks, and. Last year, you know, it was 3,500 applications, and it ended up being 125 attendees. And he had Tim Ferriss and Mark Echo and AJ Jacobs and just a really—it's—it's it's unlike social media marketing world, which is—which is, which is um, another one of my favorite conferences. Obviously, is that this one just is you 're just getting information and hearing from 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 people all over the map, so it 's really great from a personal development standpoint and and uh, it 's almost it 's about to sell out without ever even going up, up for sale to the general public because so many people that went last year are coming back again this year
1: wow that 's awesome um, so in In terms of people that are listening and they 're like well i 'm pressed for time and i can 't always go to an event or whatever and i want to get the most out of you know i still want to i want to practice 3.0 networking or unnetworking but they want to get the most out of their time they you know in other words they want to apply productivity strategy to their networking where would you tell them to go to start doing that
2: i think twitter is a phenomenal networking platform and it's a great place to not only practice but also succeed When it comes to networking 3.0, I wrote a I wrote a guest post for uh, for Jay Bear uh, last week that I can send that over to you that talks about sort of how how we can do that. But I think that you know, obviously, um, I don't have to convince any of any of your listeners that you know from a productivity standpoint it'd be way better to hang out on Twitter than go to a a, you know a three hour networking event. But I think there's a lot of a lot of good things you can do uh, when just showing up and saying, okay, I'm thinking about my five or ten or or even if they're not clients, if they're just other influencers and people that you want to get on their radar, just listen and see what they have going on and what they need help with and and without without sort of forcing it or being cheesy, if there's a way that you can make a connection or add value in some way, that's just a great way to to begin any relationship.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's a great place. I I love honestly Twitter's my favorite social network. It's where people can I, I try to respond to everything. It's it's not always possible, but I try. And, uh, yeah, I think that's definitely... it I mean, it is the, the almost digital water cooler in a lot more ways than, than anything else. So Yeah, I awesome. agree. Okay, so D- Derek and I actually finished our call, and I'm dropping this in post because he shared something with me as we were talking that I think just needs to make it in the episode. And so, Derek, you're talking about being conflicted with this whole thing that people call work life balance others have referred to it as blending and i think you've got this really cool kind of way to psych yourself into it or or set up your your mental expectation what was what's that story
2: i was no i was finding that come monday or come tuesday wednesday night I would be at the office seven o'clock, seven thirty, and I would start feeling guilty that I needed to go home and see my kids that I hadn't, that I wasn't, uh, you know, necessarily being a good dad. And, uh, and, and it was because I was, you know, mixing the work and the play a little bit too much. And what I, what I decided to do just one random Saturday, Saturday morning, I said, I'm going to start my week on Saturday mornings instead of starting my week, like Most of us, and like I had always done on a Monday morning – and I just became completely present with my family and with my kids. I, I did not open my laptop at all. I didn't do work and um, just really was uh, was 100% into them and what they were doing. And um, and that just liberated me to where now I'm not conflicted anymore uh, during the week because I, I put in the time with them. And it's it's obviously a mental thing. It's a self manipulation thing that we're just I'm just tricking myself and finding a. Way way to, you know, for me to justify but it's been, it's made a big difference for me because it's allowed me to really keep the two separate and be be completely present with whatever I'm, I'm doing at any given time.
1: That's awesome. I think that's a really great thing. I think people should find their way of doing, if they're struggling with that, that they need to figure out their way of setting up those time boundaries to be able to shift back and forth and, you know, at what point are you in a place where it's, okay, I'm fully here where I'm doing this one thing, and then I'm fully here doing this other thing somewhere else? Because the whole crossover of, of what we think is working and multitasking in terms of our family and our work life, like, yeah, I get it. You can blend it. But at the same time, sometimes you've got to give full attention to the thing you're in front of or or you're just not paying attention to any of the things you think you're paying attention to, really.
2: Yeah I mean and and I and for me at least this mental trick uh if you will it's that I think because most of us start our weeks on Mondays we're always sort of playing catch up in the family department and so I've been able to convince myself that you know, I'm I'm by starting my week on a Saturday morning, I'm I'm checking the box for the most important thing in my life, which is my wife and my kids, and then it's work that's playing catch up. I don't have this guilt that I had um, you know, for so long, you know, leading up leading up to this change. That's awesome. Well, Derek,
1: we've only touched on some parts of networking. People need to go grab the book. Networking is not working. What's the subtitle? I've got it here. Hold on. Stop collecting business cards and start making meaningful connections. So, yeah, let's stop being all let's not being stop being stuffy and business like about our business or relationship connecting and making it more about relationships themselves.
2: Yeah, definitely. You got it. I mean, it's um it's 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 going well and like I said, it's uh like I think I mentioned to you, it's 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 kind of like a productivity book disguised as a networking book in, uh, to a certain extent. Yeah,
1: yeah, it definitely is. It's awesome. So uh, people can just get that from anywhere, any specific place you want to send them so they can check that out?
2: Yeah, if they go to com forward slash book, the link for Amazon's there, but they can also uh, download the first chapter. And uh, I, uh, on, I like like you, I, I enjoy probably hanging out on Twitter more than uh, any of the other social networks, and I'm on Twitter. I'm Cadre DC. Nice.
1: Awesome. Derek, it's been awesome to talk with you about this. And I can't wait to see you face to face again sometime soon. And uh, thanks for being on the show.
2: Yeah, Eric, this was great. Thanks again. I really appreciate it and look forward to seeing you soon, hopefully as well. So I
1: hope that you were able to apply as you listened and even think theoretically as well as practically ways that you can change your perspective on networking and not just in the the nitty gritty details of how you do it, but in the big picture of what you're trying to accomplish with your networking and how the best ways to go about that are possible through some of the things that we talked about in this episode. Anyway, make sure to check out the book Networking is Not Working by Derek Coburn in fact, let him know. Tweet him. Let him know. Let me know how much you enjoyed this episode. And again, thanks again to Boomerang for Gmail for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Please go take advantage of their free 60-day trial of Boomerang for Gmail by going to boomeranggmail.com slash to-do. Again, If you're using Gmail, you owe it to yourself to try this 60-day free trial of Boomerang Professional. Go to boomeranggmail.com slash to-do and let me know what you think. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you next episode.